0: For the last, I don't know, at least as long as I've been preaching uh, here in this pulpit, the last eight or nine weeks we've been looking at at our purpose as a church and our purpose as individuals. And all of us need a purpose. Uh, we need a purpose to guide us. We need something that steers us into God's destiny that He's designed for every one of us. A person and a, and a church without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder. It's, it's like an automobile without a steering wheel. It's, it's like a missile without, with no guidance system. Without something to guide us, we usually go in circles or worse, we end up crashing into a dead-end pit. And So knowing our purpose and pursuing our purpose makes achieving our purpose a lot easier. And so for the last several weeks, we've just been talking about our core values as a church. We've been looking at our purpose as believers and, and as, as, as the body at Eagle's Wing. And, and this morning, I, I want you to understand, if you're here, why God's led you here. And I want you to understand where we plan to go as a body. And so today, I, I just want to talk to you for a few minutes. I, I, I don't know if I'm teaching or preaching or what I'm doing today, but I want to talk to you a few minutes about prayer, okay? And and for me, prayer is just a conversation with God. Prayer is is really the last blood of a relationship with God. It's it's boiled down. It's it's like I said, it's just talking to God and allowing God to talk with us, to speak with us. It's, It's a personal conversation. It's not some special religious language. It's just a personal conversation between you and between God. Prayer's not a mystery, folks. It's not something that just super spiritual saints do. It's a simple conversation with God. It's a conversation with a friend. Let me put it that way. God speaks, and we listen. We speak, and God listens. That's what a conversation is. And Without a conversation, it's really hard to have a relationship. And, and you know, there, there are all kinds of prayers. Prayers can be conversations spoken out loud, verbally. Or they can be conversations spoken silently from your spirit. Uh, prayer can be in a language that you understand, or it's, it can be in a language you don't understand. The issue is not the method of the language or the manner of the sound or the silence, folks. The issue is that it's essential for our spiritual growth and our well-being, that we be in a conversation with God. Facebook and social media and Twitter, they didn't invent this term conversation. Okay? God invented it. He wanted to be in a conversation with each of us. We need to talk to God. And we need to listen when God talks to us. And our desire here at Eagles Wing Church, one of our core values is this. We will be a praying church rather than just a church that prays. Now that may sound sort of redundant. It, it may sound a little bit confusing, but there's a big difference between a praying church and a church that prays. I believe there's a difference. We want prayer to be more than something, a task or a requirement or, or a religious duty or, or or something we do occasionally. Our desire is that prayer become such a passion that, that it, it's used by God to describe us when, when he speaks about this church. That's a praying church right there. That's a praying people right there. Folks, praying churches lay hold of God. And they don't let go of God until God moves in power and in glory. Now listen to me. Prayer is not something you, you do to twist God's arm. Okay? It's not something that we do to manipulate God, to get what we want. It's, prayer is, is listening to the heart of God. A praying church, a praying people, a praying person listens to the heart of God. And they pray God's will in every situation and circumstance. Praying churches know the heart of God because they're filled with praying people who know the heart of God, who spent time with God. And if you know God's will, you've heard me say this before. If you know God's will, you can pray God's will. If you know his heart, if you've spent time close, you can pray his his will. But for us to achieve that, to become a praying church, we as individuals have to become praying people rather than people who pray occasionally. And by occasionally, I mean before you go to sleep or you eat dinner, okay? Those are people that pray. Those are not necessarily praying people. Praying people learn to walk and to communicate with God through a a deep connection, through a heart-to-heart connection. They hear the voice of God. And the reason they hear it is because they're in a continuous communication, a continuous conversation with God. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 puts it this way. It says, pray Without ceasing, I used to read that and wonder what in the world is that talking about. And one day, I was in a a, when I was in uh, at Southeastern Bible College. I had a Greek professor. His last name was Constantine. He was he was a Greek gentleman, and uh, it was a nightmare class. Okay, (laughs) I'm just going to be honest with you. It was tough. But he would open every class with prayer. And man, we needed it. But he would start every prayer. Every time I heard this man pray over the two or three years that I knew him, he would begin the prayer with and. And. And one day it just dawned on me. That's what it means to pray unceasingly. He was in a continuous conversation with God. Just every once in a while, he prayed out loud. And. And Lord, we thank you for this. And and I, I begin to listen to Him. It, God wants us to be in a a, a continuous conversation with God. It, God doesn't want us to be the people that hit nine one one God whenever there's an emergency. Okay. And I, and I listen. I'm not making light of that. I've been there. I've done that. Okay. But God wants us to be the people that when we hit an emergency, an emergency, a situation, we don't know what to do. It's, and God. You understand what I'm saying? It's just a natural thing. It's not, oh God, oh God, oh God, where are you? Where are you? Hey, if we become praying people, we'll know where God is. Because we'll already be in, in conversation with God. And, and and we simply voice that need. Folks, a praying person is a person whose prayer life is a constant connection without interruption. Does that mean I'm praying continuously that I'm speaking? No, it just means that, that I'm in conversation. I'm, I may have spoken last and I may be waiting for God to speak. Or I may, God may have spoken last and I may be meditating on it and thinking about it. It's a conversation. Folks, God is a God who still speaks. He is a God who still talks. He's a God of conversation. He hasn't gone silent. Okay? He he didn't quit talking when the Apostle John passed away. He has talked from the very beginning until this very moment. He didn't stop conversing with his kids just because uh, the last disciple died. Throughout the scriptures, God has carried on conversations with men and women. And the Bible contains records of those conversations. And listen to me, if he would talk to people in scripture, he will talk to you and me. Do, do you realize we have made superstars out of the characters of Scripture and they were just regular people who lived in their day that had a relationship with God. We've put them on a pedestal and, and, and we've, we've come to this place in our lives where we can't attain where they are at. But Folks, they're just like us. They're, they're messed up just like I am and just like you are. Okay, read the Bible with 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 just open eyes. Abraham, to save his own skin, was willing to 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 allow a king to have her in his her, her. Let me get this correct in his harem. Okay, not once but twice. That's my sister. Oh, by the way, she is my wife too. But but that's my sister. Okay, David was an adulterer. Samson is a pig. That's just the only way I know to put it. He just, whatever he wants, he goes after. Uh, The Apostle Paul, he's arrogant. I mean, they're just regular folks. Just regular folks. Just like us. But they were in a conversation with God. God talked to them, and they heard God speak. And, and, and he, he, this, this conversation began in the very beginning. Uh, he, God talked with Adam and Eve. Do, do y'all realize that? Genesis chapter 3.8 tells us, and I'm just going to paraphrase some of this. It appears that he did this at a prescribed time in the cool of the day. Now, that may have been the morning, or that may have been the evening. I don't know. I've heard plenty of preachers say it was the morning. But you know what? When the sun goes down and the wind begins to blow, it gets cool in the evening. So I don't know. It, it was also he met them in a prescribed place, in a garden. That's what Genesis 3.8 tells us. The same thing happens with, when God, with God and Abraham as he reveals his, his purpose for Abraham's life. God begins to talk to Abraham. And Abraham begins to talk back to God. Folks, that's just prayer. That's all it is. It's a conversation. In fact, one of my favorite prayers in all the Bible is is when Abraham has a conversation with God. God says, you know, I really need to let my friend Abraham know what we're about to do. He says, Abraham, we're about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Because... The wickedness has come up to me, and I've seen it, and and, and I'm about to destroy it. And, and what does Abraham do? He begins to talk with God. He says, God, what if there are 50 people that are righteous? Will you destroy the whole city? No, I'll, if there are 50, I'll say... And he just continues to barter with God, to converse with God, to talk with God, until he gets down to a very small number. And God says, if there are that many people, I won't destroy the city. Folks, that's a friendship. In fact, Abraham is called... The friend of God. It's just conversation. You look at at the Psalms. The prayers of David. That's what the Psalms are. They're prayers. They're the the prayers of of a shepherd. As he watches his father's flock of sheep. And later as he shepherds his heavenly father's flock. The nation of Israel. Throughout the Old Testament we see prayer as a vital part of a relationship with God. Communication, folks, I'm going to say this again, is is the life's blood of a vital relationship with God. But when we come to the New Testament, prayer reaches a new height in Jesus Christ. See, the Father and the Son, God and Jesus, they were connected through the Holy Spirit in a constant conversation. Prayer. Prayer. Jesus talked to his Father, and his Father spoke back to him. Jesus, Scripture tells us, only did the will of the Father in every situation. What that tells me is there was one heart and one mind. How did they arrive at one heart and one mind? Now, it's easy to say, well, Jesus was God. Yes, he certainly was. But while he was on this planet, he chose to obey God as a man just like us. So that that we would be able to do and understand we could do the very things that he did. And so what he does is he prays. He talks with his Heavenly Father. He finds out what the will of God is and then he does it. That's why... When Jesus prays in John chapter 17, verse 21, he can say this. He's praying for his disciples at that point. He says that they may all be one. And then listen to what he says. Even as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they may also be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Even as you, Father, are in me, And I'm in you. How could they be so close? Because they were in a constant conversation. Jesus understood what God's heart was. Because he spent time with his ear to that heart. Listening to what God was saying. When the people heard Jesus speak. When they saw Jesus act. They were seeing the Father. They were seeing the Father speak. They were hearing him speak. They were seeing him act. He was was literally the will of God personified, fleshed out. And every one of us, every person in this room who's a believer is supposed to be God's will personified. Well, how in the world can we do that? Well, Jesus understood God's heart. And he knew God's will because he knew God's heart. Well, how did he do that? Because he sought God's heart in prayer. And he was willing to ask Based on what he knew the will of God to be. Jesus prayed prayers that he understood to be the will of God. And when he, when he came to ministry time, he didn't pray anymore because he understood the will. So he spoke. Be gone. Be healed. Stand up. Rise up. He, he, he gave the command because That was God's will in that situation. He knew the will of the Father. Jesus only did what the Father was doing. He only said what he heard the Father say. I'm going to give you some verses that that kind of walk through the the gospel of John. I'm going to go through these rather quickly. But in John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus says this. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing unless it is something He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus says this, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Not to do what I want to do, but to do the will of the one who sent me. John eight twenty-eight. Jesus says, I don't do anything on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father has taught me. What the Father has told me to do, that's what I do. And the final one I want to give you is in John chapter 12, verse 49. Jesus says, For I don't speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me commandments, what to say and what to speak. Well, where did he get those commandments? How did he know what to speak and and what to say? He spent time with God. You'll find as you study the life of Jesus that every time, he has a, 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 monumentous, a, a monumentous occasion coming up or a big day. He slips off. He goes off to the mountain or he goes out in the wilderness. He gets by himself and he spends some time in prayer. But folks, he didn't just do that when he had a big day. He did that every day. When he was walking through the crowds, I just imagined the conversation. Okay, Lord, which one do you want me to minister to here? Which one do I need to stop and say? There were thousands of people around him. They were hundreds of them that were crowded along the roadways. They were pushing and shoving. I mean, it was like a rock star. He was like a rock star who just opened the car door and got out in the middle of a crowd. That's the way it was almost every day. And he had to know. So he asked God. Who do I minister to? I want you to touch that one. You hear Bartimaeus over there. You're going to have to listen really hard to hear him. He's blind. and he's, he's not in the crowd. He's off to the side of the road. There's going to be a woman that comes up behind you. You're not going to know who she is. And she's going to touch you. And you're going to feel something go out of you. Don't worry about it. Let it go. On and on and on. He heard those things. He saw those things. He acted on those things. God the Father revealed His heart to His Son. Why? Because He asked. Because He asked, folks. Because He asked. If you want to know God's heart, ask Him to show it to you. Ask Him to show it to you. He was in a conversation with God. He was was in prayer. And if you know Christ this morning, listen to me. You're a son. You're a daughter. Whether you believe that or not, you're his daughter, you're his son. And you should know God's heart and therefore his will. I know know many Christians moan and they groan and they complain because God's will seems hidden to them. But it's not hidden, folks. If it was hidden, none of us would ever find it. If we played hide and seek with God, he will always win. Okay? Okay? He can hide better than we can. He's more powerful than we are. But he's not hiding. Okay? He's not hiding. He's not playing hide and seek with his will. He, he's not like Monty Hall. If you don't know who Monty Hall is, then you're not old enough. Okay? But I'll try to explain this. Okay? Monty Hall was, was, the, was the host of a, of a game show. And, and I can't remember the name of the game show. So somebody help me. Let's make a deal. Okay, and he had three doors, and he would say, "Pick a door," and that person would pick the door, and whatever was behind the door, they got. And Lonnie Hall would go behind door number one is so and so behind door number two is this, and and then he'd open number three, and it would either be a great prize or it would be it would be a bad. God's not that way. Okay, God doesn't say, "Hey, pick a door," and I hope you pick the right one. But that's the way most of us come to God's will. But that's not God's will. God's will is revealed to us in Scripture and through prayer. God wants us to understand His heart. He wants us to know what He wants to do. Folks, the will of God is not some mystery. The reason we don't know God's will is because We've not been intimate with his heart. If you spend enough time with somebody and you really get to know them, you know what they like and you know what they want. That's the overflow, folks, of a genuine relationship. Real prayer, genuine prayer begins in the heart of God. It doesn't begin in our needs, although that's where most of us start. When we need something, we pray. But real prayer, and what I'm talking about, begins in God's heart. That's why Jesus taught his followers to pray this way in Matthew chapter 6. He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, God's will is already being done in heaven. Our job as we pray is to bring heaven to earth into whatever situation we're praying for. True prayer begins in the heart of God. And folks, the only way we can discover the will of God is to listen to the heart of God. Genuine prayer, real prayer is not talking to ourselves, okay? It's not talking to the ceiling. It's discovering how to bring heaven to earth. We can't bind anything or loose anything that has not already been bound or loosed in heaven. Okay, we don't have that kind of power. But we have the power through prayer to bring what God says he wants to bear in this place. But we have to understand the will of God. Listen, answered prayers are God's will moving from heaven to earth. That's all they are. That's all they are. When we come into agreement with God and we pray accordingly, things happen. I want you to listen to me. Agreement is a spiritual principle of God. He designed it, He made it. When Jesus prayed, He came into agreement. He, he gave voice to the will of God. That's why in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, it says And again I say to you that if two of you agree, on earth about anything that they may ask, and it be sh- shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. That word "agree" there is a very interesting word in the, in the Greek. It, it, it's translated uh, into English. Uh, it's very simpler. It's it's the, it's it's very simple. Similar to the word from which we get "symphony" from. Symphony means to produce. The Greek word means to produce a sound together. Not sounds, but a sound together. Multiple individuals, one sound. And to know the will of God and to pray it is to come into symphonic agreement. I don't know if you've ever been uh, to a a symphony or, or heard an orchestra play, but if you listen when the orchestra is warming up, it sounds like chaos. I mean, it sounds like cats killing each other. I mean, that's just the best way I can describe it. But then all of a sudden, that conductor will come out, and he will he will lift his hands, and he will call for them to, to play a, a concert B-flat. And everyone will tune their instruments to that B-flat. And all of a sudden, no matter how many instruments there are, there's one sound. Folks, that's the chaos becomes order. One note's played by numerous musicians with assorted instruments, but it becomes one sound. And by coming into symphonic agreement on that one note, the orchestra can play an arrangement, and yet they'll have different parts. Folks, prayer is to, supposed to be a symphonic. It's not supposed to be selfish. I shouldn't have to say this, but I do. Prayer's not what I want, okay? It's what God wants. Sometimes what I want and what God wants are miles apart. And let's just be honest when that happens, that's hard to, to take. But you know what I've learned with God? We sang it this morning. He's good. He's good. And he loves us in every situation. And sometimes our will has to be molded until it becomes his will. Prayer's not what I want, but what God wants. And I will agree with him. That's when my will comes into connection and to union with his will. When our prayers become symphonic with God's will, miraculous things happen. When we begin to pray the will of God, all we're praying is what God wants to take place. We are becoming the, the, the conduit for his will to flow. Jesus had this in mind when, when he told his followers in John chapter 14, verse 14, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, when you first read that, you think, man, that's carte blanche. I could get a Cadillac or a house on the, on the lake. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about understanding the will of God. And when you understand the will of God and the heart of God, you're not going to ask for that. Now, if God gives you a Cadillac, wonderful, okay? God bless you. If he gives you a house on the lake or the river, God bless you. But that's not what this passage is talking about. He's, He's saying, if you will ask anything in my name, if you'll ask something that is my will, and that you know is my will because you spent time with me, I'll give it to you. In John 15, verse 17, he puts it this way. Jesus says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. That's a word for somebody this morning, okay? There's somebody here this morning, just they're beat up and discouraged. God says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask in the Father in my name that he may give it to you. Listen to me. When we tack Jesus' name on the end of a prayer biblically it means that we are declaring we understand the will of God and are asking for God's will to be done. We're coming into symphonic agreement with God. We're not asking God to come into symphonic agreement with us. Whenever we use in Jesus' name. That's not just the Christian way to end end a prayer. What we're declaring, folks, is we understand the will of God. And therefore, we're praying the will of God. This may not sit well with you, but this is the truth. Otherwise... It's a witchcraft prayer, okay? You say, what in the world are you talking about? Well, when you just tack Jesus' name on the end of something, in your mind, you think that if you do that, he's got to act. He doesn't have to act if it's not the will of God. Most prayers are not answered because they are either witchcraft prayers or we are praying for something that God has already given us the authority And the power to do. He's already given us permission to do. You ever thought about that? Now I know the witchcraft thing doesn't sit well with people. But hey, it's no different from some incantation a pagan person prays. That they think because they pray it, it'll twist their deity's arm and you'll have to do what they say because they use certain words. (laughs) Folks, listen to There are far too many witchcraft prayers being lifted up in the church. And that's why so many prayers are unanswered. That's why so many Christians get discouraged and they stop praying. Those kind of prayers go unanswered. But when we pray the will of God, we always encounter the presence of God. And we always walk in the power of God. Praying people pray God's will and they experience answers to their prayers people who pray occasionally eventually stop praying because their prayers rarely get answered Okay, you say well that's kind of hard well that's just reality praying people make prayer a priority people who just pray use it as an emergency and there's a difference there's a difference. Our desire as a church is to be a praying church filled with praying people. We desire to be a, pr- a, a church that, that learns to listen to the heartbeat of God. And The reason we want to listen to the heartbeat is so that we can understand the will of God. I, years ago, we went on a mission trip with a group of students to Louisiana. And as we were... Our, our, our student leader uh, took us out to the place where she was. She grew up, and we met a lot of her family. And Kathy and I spent the night with one of her aunts. And I, I remember the, this aunt. She uh, opened her house up to, to missionaries who were coming through, and she had a little notebook that uh, that she had, and she let me look at it. And I'll never forget reading this statement. It has stuck with me. Most everything else I've read, I've forgotten, but this has stuck with me. Okay. Where prayer focuses, God's power falls. When praying people focus their prayers on the will of God, the power of God falls. It's like, it's like a magnifying glass or a laser beam. When when prayer, where, where prayer is focused, where according to the will of God, the focus is put, God's power falls. That's, that's it's not, the place, folks, it's not the, what I, the kind of prayer I'm talking about. Not where you tuck on this little phrase at the end. If it's your will, please, if you pray that, please stop using that phrase, because what that says is God don't have a clue what you want. I don't. I'm not even. I'm in the high grass. We're not even the same stadium. If it's your will, is a prayer of unbelief. Now, that may not sit well, but I don't see Jesus ever praying that. I don't see any of the apostles or the disciples. In fact, I don't see anybody in the Bible pray that. That's what we tuck on the end when we're just not sure or we hope God's will might change. We are sure, but we just really don't like it, okay? Folks, prayer is where in faith you make your request known. Because you already know the will of God. You already know what, what God wants to do in the situation. You know that because you've spent intimate time with God and you know what He's saying. And when you know the will of God, then you can declare with assurance in Jesus' name. See, that's what that's what those those three words there that we put at the end of our prayers are there for. We know what God's will is, and we're praying this in Jesus' name. And when that happens, folks, we already know we've received what we've asked for. Folks, that's the kind of prayer that changes lives. That's the kind of prayer that turns a nation upside down. That's what it means to be a praying church rather than just a church that prays. And and my desire as a pastor is to be a part of a church that is a praying church where people spend the time and they labor and they go after God's heart and they do what's necessary to find out what God wants done. Instead of coming up with all these plans and programs and then saying, God, please bless this. Okay. It's Better to do one thing that God wants done than 25 things that God's not really interested in. You understand what I'm saying? We can be still and we can get quiet and we can listen to God and God will whisper and God will speak and when we've clearly understood it then we begin to pray that and then we see it begin to manifest itself. Or we can toss prayers like rocks up in the air and hope one hits. Folks, God wants us to understand His His will. He wants us to know who He is. He's not hiding, okay? He's not hiding. He just simply wants us to get quiet. I dare say most of the folks in this room have a hard time just getting still. And getting quiet. Probably if you get still and you get quiet. The next thing that happens is what? You go to sleep. (laughs) Okay. At least we're honest, okay? We have to learn to get quiet. We have to learn to set aside a few moments. Just, Just a few moments. Sometimes, listen, when God speaks... You don't have to spend three or four hours. It it just happens in a moment if I'll just get quiet and I'll just listen. That may be be when I first get up. That may be right before I go to bed. That may be at lunchtime when i can steal a few minutes away from my job and just sit on the park and get quiet. That may be on your ride to work or your ride home. That may be at a specially designed place at a special time that you've set aside. My point is, is that you've got to take time okay you've got to hear God we've got some 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 noise that's bleeding in this morning don't let that stuff bother you okay the devil doesn't want you to understand prayer because when people pray when they're praying people it it makes the the foundations of hell quake okay It, it destroys what he wants to do So he's going to do everything he can to create distractions. Don't let it be a distraction, okay? Learn to listen to God. If you'll learn to listen, you know what? He'll speak to you. He'll he'll speak right out of here. He'll speak to your spirit as well. He may speak to you off a car tag or a billboard or off of, of music, a song that you hear on the radio. He may speak to you through somebody else. But you'll know it when you hear him. And when you hear him, pray what you heard him speak. That's one of the reasons that that praying the word of God is so powerful. This is what he's spoken. This This is the word of God. And when we begin to pray the word of God back to God, we're praying his will. Okay? Folks, we will never be a praying church. Until we become a praying people. Until individually we learn to go after God. You say, well, I just don't know how to pray. I don't know the right words. There are no right words. One of the most powerful prayers in Scripture is, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. I, I mean, that's what, that's what the, the, the publican prays. He's beating his chest. Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. That's very simple. But God, I need help today. Show me what your will is for this situation. God, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to do here. Show me. And folks, if we'll ask, he'll show us. I can promise you that, okay? By the authority of the word of God. If if any of you lack wisdom, ask. That's a promise. If any of you lack wisdom, I lack wisdom all the time. I do stupid stuff. I say stupid things that once they escape my lips, you know what? I can't reel them back in and put them back in my pocket and wish I hadn't said it. So it would do me well to pray first before I speak. Amen? I doubt seriously that most of you are not any different. God wants to change this community. He wants to change this state. He wants to change this nation. He wants to change this world. He's looking for some men and women who will surrender their will to his will and just come into symphonic agreement with him so that when we pray, when we voice our prayers, we're voicing the will of, of God and when we voice it God gives life to it and God brings those answers to bear on that situation or that circumstance or on that area folks it's our job to get our will in order so that our will comes under submission to his will and in that process his will becomes our will let's pray Father, this morning. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.